Hello and welcome to this special mini-series of Love Life, Live Well. This series was inspired by an event that I organise every year in the UK called CHS Leads. It's a trade show for the meetings and events industry that brings together people from all over the UK to do business, network and learn from our education programme. This year, the education programme was curated around the theme of work life, so it fits perfectly with the Love Life, Live Well podcast. This mini-series consists of interviews with some of our speakers, allowing me to take a deeper dive into some of the subjects covered. Don't worry if you weren't there. The speakers were great, and you will still have lots to learn from the content we cover in this mini-series. If you were there, fantastic. Thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed all the speaker sessions and I hope you also enjoy this deeper dive into some of the subjects we covered. And if you're completely new to the Love Life Live Well podcast and you enjoy it, please do give us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe by hitting the follow button. And as always, my wish is that you learn something new, you try something new and above all else, you love life and you remember to live well. In this episode, I interviewed Aaron McGurk, Operations Manager at creative agency Chorus. He did a great talk at CHS Leeds about this idea that work-life balance doesn't exist. In this episode, we talk about how we strive for balance as if work and life are two distinct entities, but more and more they're becoming intertwined. So here we discuss work blend and how different aspects of our life blend together. This episode is as insightful as it is meditative. We discuss experiencing life to the maximum, alternative therapies like Reiki, yoga, meditation and much, much more. Hello, Aaron, and welcome to the Love Life Live Well podcast. Hello, Emma. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you following your talk at CHS Leeds, which was uh, called Work Life Doesn't Exist. So looking forward to diving into that a little, a little bit more. But before we get into it, I've got to ask you, and I'm really keen to hear your answers because I was drawn to your approach when I met you at CHS Leeds, which is quite unusual for somebody in the events industry to be so mellow and lovely and, and have that calming effect on people. So what is it that you love about life? Yes, I had a few people come back to me and, and mention that they said that the talk was almost like a meditation space for them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that level of calm does come through for the things that I do love in life. I'd mainly just start by saying the people in my life is, you know, the main thing, like surrounded by people with different ways of thinking, different brains, and the neurodiversity. It's just lovely to be around and enables you to constantly be learning and improving yourself. This idea of creating wonderful relationships and learning about the world through them is just brilliant. Part of that extends out from what I do from work. I do a lot of club promotion. I have my own club night as well. And that is an extension of just meeting the weirdest and wonderful people it's just amazing as it's a queer night for a safe space for queer people and you know they're there and playing with our identities and it's just lovely so definitely people and just generally experiencing life to the maximum exploring new places having exciting adventures 
you know, you don't have to go to a whole new country to do this. It might be just taking up a new hobby and then coming back to the talk, just doing things like that for personal growth, taking up every opportunity that you can, I feel like is really good because, you know, opportunities kind of have hidden challenges in them. And it just enables you to create a deeper understanding of yourself. And I find great fulfillment in, I, I think I'm actually addicted to personal growth. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to get addicted when you can learn from so many people out there. So I'm definitely, definitely with you on, on that one. Then probably feeds into that, but what do you do to live well and look after yourself? Yes. Numerous things. I won't say healthy eating. <laughs> <laughs> I find that challenge. I go through phases. The main things that I like to focus on are in the area of you know alternative therapies. I've tried yoga, I've tried just general mindful meditation and things like that and you know they benefit me a lot but something I am practicing solidly for the past 7 or so years is reiki healing and having that as a practice in my life has really ensured I'm able to be calm as we said at the beginning but also just further develop myself and starting the morning every morning with that is just just sets the day to go really really well and kind of puts me in a state of flow once I have that I just feel like I'm living well and then just generally getting that balance right with all of my obligations in life I would say that getting enough sleep managing stress and just generally doing activities which I find fulfilling spending time with loved ones and just improving my overall well-being as much as possible really yeah definitely comes across in that like i said right from the start you've got a very calming um nature about you which is quite unusual in the events world because when we talk about this notion of you know work life and kind of balance doesn't exist tell me a little bit about what that means for you personally because you have a day job and you do the night promotion. So it's almost like you're surrounded in an industry that is very high energy and very demanding and can be very stressful. So mm. what does this whole kind of work life doesn't exist? What does that mean to you in your life? Yeah, I feel like it's to do with the language and the phrase or the notion that it's trying to capture. I feel like it's outdated. It kind of alludes to this idea that work and life are two separate and distinct entities, but and we're always trying to find a balance between the two but in reality they're not separate they're more intertwined and we also have so many more hats and facets to our life you know some of us are parents we're, we're friends we have spouses we're caregivers we have a million and one different hobbies and they all overlap and intersect in some ways the idea of balancing work and life kind of surrenders us to just two and that, I feel like that's becoming unrealistic and untainable at the moment. So I kind of like to philosophize around the idea that we're in this work blend. And it's all, all by just being yourself, like you're just putting your best self forward. And I think I mentioned at, at CHS Leads that, you know, we're leading with our personality and who we are in all that we do. And it just so happens that we've arrived at a nice office for eight hours of the day, but we're still just being us of our many hats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly I took that from your talk. It's very much what I feel about it is we don't longer go to work for eight hours 
do our job and then come home and be ourselves. And like, see, we have all these different hats that, that we wear. And I find it really a huge shame when I hear people say, oh, I, you know, I just go to work because I need the money or I hate my job or that's mm. part of my life. That's a third of your life every day that you're spending mm. doing something you don't enjoy. And, and now we were talking earlier about that piece of research I'd found that Microsoft did mm. around how before the pandemic, there were kind of two peaks, if you like, in the day. I think one was kind of just before lunch and one was kind of 11 o'clock in the morning, one was after lunch. But now there's also a peak of activity about 10 o'clock at night, which demonstrates that people are mm. maybe going home and going out with friends or putting the kids to bed or, or you know, whatever, doing family time and then getting the laptop out again and having mm. a burst of mm. energy around emails or research or, and what have you. So mm. I don't know if, if that's a a sad thing in that work's taken over our life of it is just a demonstration of what you're saying is it's all one thing now we do what we can when we can and mm. ideally work you get to kind of do things that you love certainly in our industry you get to do things that you love and it, it feels like a hobby sometimes yeah i think that data in particular from microsoft there's a lot to pull out there across both sides Number one could be that it's demonstrating that workplaces are actually starting to allow for that flexibility and that blend of, okay, if Joe wants to finish work at three, go and deal with his life or being a dad or something like that, he's able to go out there and you know, do the school run, take him home, do what he needs to do at home and then pick back up the reins of his work and get things done, that just shows that the policy making in the business is welcoming this new normal that we're in, which I think um, at CSH Leeds, we were trying to figure out what all this means on the final panel. And a lot of us were suggesting that we were all speaking of a new normal during tail end of the pandemic, but we are in that normal now. But what is that normal? But yeah, I think that piece of data is really interesting. And from our side of the picture, it does look as though we are um, trying to find the windows and find the time to get everything done with a, with a pickup at 10pm. It does scream to me that people are maybe forgetting some things that they need to do during the day and then just picking up the laptop again and quickly doing a burst of emails of, or, or things to follow up. I do tend to, in my own practice, try to get everything closed up as much as possible so that I continue working on my own projects into the evening. But yeah, definitely when the time calls for it, especially in the events industry, we need to pull all stops and deliver. So I think it's fine to be picking up the laptop at that time, especially if you've had a, a glass of red wine or something and you're feeling inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I mean, I've always, well, I've always been a remote worker. So when the pandemic hit, nothing changed and our, our company's always been remote so that wasn't anything different i'd like to think people or like you said the policy makers of companies are embracing the fact that people have worked out working from home can benefit them and work on their life for me nine o'clock at night if i've got finance work to do believe it or not so deep work on budgets or cash flow or anything like that i find that time of night i'm just probably more of a night owl than i'm a morning person and without any interruptions, without the emails pinging in, I can really do that kind of focused, deep work. I'd happily do that and then get an extra hour in bed the following morning, then get up early and then do some deep work, you know, when the emails start to come in or, or what have you. And I'd like to think that maybe the world is now embracing that we all have different body clocks 
Yeah. And some people, it might not even be that they have something else to do, like the school run. It might just be that that's when they're most awake and that's when it's best time to do work. So it's interesting, isn't it, how it could be deemed either way, couldn't it? It could be, oh, since the pandemic, everyone's working patterns are different and everyone's getting to work when they want to work, which is great. Or it could be everyone's so stressed, everyone's got 10 people's jobs to do when they're working. But the, the research shows that people aren't working constantly throughout the day. There's definitely a downtime sort of early evening and it gets picked back up again so maybe it's just people working to their body clocks or working around their families or just doing a little bit when they can yeah i think the piece that i want to pull out from that is this kind of macro view of what could be happening if we take a step further out because it does make sense that this is becoming more of a social trend and a reflection of this broader shift in consciousness and societal needs i think that in in recent years there have been a growing awareness of the importance of mental health and well-being, both in personal and professional contexts. People are waking up and recognizing that being constantly plugged in and working long hours can just take a huge toll on their mental health relationships and the you know overall quality of life, as it were. But we're seeing this reflection and, and changing in needs and priorities in the modern workforce through the rise of things like the gig economy, where people are just taking on big gigs when they can, three months of the year, getting as much money as they can and going to work in Bali remotely or something like that. The rise of remote hybrid working, there was recently in the UK the um, testing of the four-day week. So with all of these asks from society and, and this, this kind of like wake-up call, it's just showing that people are prioritising that flexibility and autonomy with their work lives. They want to have more control over it. And I think one of the things to mention is that with, you know, Gen Zs, they are kind of paving that way for us with what they're advocating and demonstrating. You mentioned about people having gen 10 job titles, for example, that does kind of intersect with the idea of having multiple hats. But Gen Zs are actually saying, no, I have one title and one title only, and that's the only job that I'm going to be doing. And it just shows that, you know, if they're our future, they're kind of creating a slow path that is skirting around the tough conservatism that we're experiencing today. And I do think that more and more people are going to adapt and click um, earlier generations as well. And industries will just have to adapt, not only just the events industry. Yeah, there's definitely, we talked, there was a, a good discussion at the show about entitlement. And the kind of conclusion was mm -hmm. that it's not actually, it, it's only entitlement if people don't work for what they're requesting or, or demanding and don't earn it. But, but actually, you're right there showing us the way in terms of life doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to work until you're 70, retire, and then get to spend mm -hmm. however many years you've got left enjoying life. You can enjoy it on the way and mm -hmm. do, you know, do jobs like you say, the gig economy for three months, earn money and move on. It's it's mm. very, this whole, and, and particularly our industry, it lends itself well to freelance work. And in an yeah. industry that it can be like burnout and hard work to be able to take time off and do something else. And then, you know, um, very big on kind of mini gap years, if you like, throughout life, of taking yeah. time off and doing something. It's not so I've been able to do for a long time, but just to do something different and just get that experience. It's much more life enriching than just staying in a job and, and working till you're 70. Uh, like yeah. the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Let's definitely hope that more people can start 
prioritizing that in that way and, and allowing the world to shape around us and get out of this old sure way of working <laughs> yeah and of course there's some jobs that just can't be done like that they can't be done remotely and I think that's a challenge when people are looking for you know when a job does need doing mm. five or the night shift and you need to be in a location to be able to do that but you know when that's not the case it does open up so much flexibility and again we talked at the show about flexibility is not oh you can work from home two days a week that is not flexible working flexibility is saying hey this is a job that needs to be done as long as it's done do it whenever you can wherever you want to do it and and, and what have you and I'm a big advocate for people saying you know if you want to go abroad for a few weeks or a few months and work from there the work's getting done certain times on show day that you can't be anywhere you know you have to be there kind of thing but on the planning we don't have to be in Leeds nobody in my team live in Leeds but we did you know we deliver an event there so it's definitely I think there can be more of that and and I do think Sean they would talk a lot about this at the show is that sense of retention now is key and these are the things that we have to be thinking about because people will leave jobs for that more flexibility and more freedom and more adventure in their lives Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you've got to offer them up front <laughs> and then and that's how you retain retain people totally agree with that and it's just that social aspect isn't it it's just coming into more and more of our life and yeah to your point that there is this kind of ask from our employers that we need to be doing these things in this way I think it's interesting and you know, I find it exciting to think about what's going to develop and, and what's going to come and, and what we're going to be talking about this time next year, what's going to be our kind of new normal again, maybe. it's all. It was definitely a fascinating subject at the show of just how it's all unravelling and how it's all coming about. And I love the fact that from your perspective, your work life is one thing or nothing at all. It's kind of, but it's, it's not about that balance. It's not about coming to work and then being yourself. It's all, it's who you are, isn't it? Exactly. It's that identity piece. Because you start to realise that your identity just starts to bleed into all the things that we do. There's no division or line in the stand in, in the sand with what work life suggests, you know, being one mode or the other. We're just moving into a more realistic mindset of that acknowledges the intensity of life as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, Aaron, I do like the line what work life doesn't exists and i'm looking forward to seeing what unravels in the next uh, 12 months and like i said see what we're all talking about this time next year aaron thank you very much thank you emma real pleasure <laughs>